0: Swain
1: touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan.
2: All you chumps are going to bow when I
1: whoop him. It's time for the Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get
0: into his house and a red flag.
1: SwainEvent and SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. What a day. What a day to be with you this morning. We're glad that you are with us. Ben McKee, GoBoss247 from Omaha, Nebraska. I am Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center studio oh ben mckee we get another day we get another day another opportunity well for you you get another opportunity to cover the tennessee uh watch college baseball live in, in person uh it's been it's been fabulous watching you on tv ben good morning uh how you doing my friend
0: good morning <clears throat> let me clear my throat uh i'm i'm doing well i'm doing well i am Trying to thrive and, and survive, uh, but th- this is the best time of the year. One of the best times of the year, I should say. Um, but I, I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Trying to figure out what day it is, uh, where I am. I think this is like the, the fourth or fifth different location. I've I've done the, the Swain event in the last two weeks, uh, so don't really know where I am or, or who I am at this point, but I, I'm doing well. Yesterday was a whole lot of fun, and uh, tonight should be a lot of the same.
1: You are Ben McKee. You are father of Knox McKee, husband of Savannah McKee, co-host of the Swain event. You cover Tennessee for Go Vols 247. You are a Grizzlies fan, a Yankees fan, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Speaking of that, we did a remote on Friday. And the gentleman who owns the business is a childhood friend of your mom from West Tennessee. How about that, man? Small world,
0: really. That yeah. that is a a small world. Did, yes. uh, did you did you reach out to my mom and and tell her this?
1: No, your mom your mom reached out to me, and, and I guess she heard wow. the show on Friday. She's like, "Hey, that's that's a childhood friend of mine." And um, I was like, "What? Get out of here!" And uh, childhood friend, also a big time Steelers fan, so. Um that was that was an interesting conversation. All right guys. We here. <laughs> we we here with a win in the college world series. I was I don't say I was afraid, but I really wanted Tony Vitello to get a win college world series. Based on what happened um 2 years ago not not winning based on history, Tennessee baseball, just not being successful there in Omaha. But that was erased yesterday with a, another come-from-behind victory in the postseason. I was nervous, man. I was nervous, man. It was it was 4-0. No food in the house. We over here just, just trying to piece two things together that don't match for, for breakfast and lunch and dinner. It was time to go grocery shopping. I was like, you know what, it's 4-0. I'm going. I'm going to the grocery store, and I saw a gentleman tap me on the shoulder. He was like, "You too." You came to the grocery store <laughs> after the Vols went down four. I was like, "Yeah," but I was still watching on my phone, and uh, I blinked, and then boom, Tennessee tied things up. So again, Ben, this team was able to rally back from being behind not just one run or two, but four, and then win.
0: Yeah, yesterday was, was pretty incredible, uh, a pretty incredible turnaround, and uh, a lot of people deserve a, a lot of credit, and unfortunately, things did not go well for Chase Dolander. I uh, feel really bad for Chase Dolander. I, I know how much this means to him. Uh, he is an absolute great dude. He puts in a ton of work, and I, I feel for him that he wasn't able to take advantage of his moment in the College World Series, but hey, he, he threw 58 pitches, and uh, his teammates picked him up. and. Uh, if if Tennessee is going to make it to the championship finals, uh, they're going to need Chase Dolander at some point this week on Wednesday or Thursday, probably Thursday uh, to to get them a, a couple of outs. Uh, but Chase Burns came in and, and changed the game. And uh, Will Heflin and I were, were kind of texting off to the side and could tell that Dolander just simply didn't have it, uh, could not locate that slider or land the slider. Uh, to, to give the hitter something to think about. And uh, it looked like he was struggling with his fastball command as well. He he just didn't have it. Uh, and Tennessee needed to to make a change. And everybody on social media was freaking freaking out. Why are we leaving Chase Dolander in and, and this and that? It's like, folks, yes, Tennessee has the, the greatest pitching depth, as much pitching depth as anybody in the country, but you, you can't just continue to go to them in the second, third, and fourth inning every outing. At some point, that depth is, is going to run out. You, you kind of got to manage things and and squeeze as much juice out of the lemon as you can before you do tap into that depth. So it, it's kind of walking a, a a fine balance, a fine line of utilizing that pitching depth, but also not overusing the pitching depth as as well. So I, I think that's why you saw Chase Dolander maybe go back out there for the fourth inning, but pitching a side swing. We, we talked, um. I guess it was last Tuesday uh, and Thursday about how infectious Chase Burns' energy was on the mound last week at Southern Miss and and just how it uplifts his teammates. I thought they needed his energy more than what he was actually going to provide from just a simple pitching standpoint. And the energy, because Tennessee did go down 4 nothing early, it had squandered some early chances to score. It it felt like Tennessee was going home there in in that third inning or so. and, And Chase Burns comes in and, he he flips the energy of the game. Tennessee, they had been hitting Quinn Matthews pretty well there the first couple of innings, just didn't have anything to show for it. And then they finally started to get some big time hits. Jared Dickey, Christian Moore, uh and the, the tide changed and and Chase Burns went on to to throw a historic outing uh at at Omaha. And I, I know I'm a little long winded here, but I, I, I was nerding out uh yesterday after the game. Yesterday. Uh and I wrote a, a story uh, late last night that that is up on GoVals 24-7 right now. I'll, I'll share the link here in a couple of minutes on my Twitter. Uh, but, you know, Chase Burns is predominantly a fastball slider guy. He obviously has other pitches he can throw, change up curveball, but he's consistently is is really, really on with the fastball and slider. That That's typically what you see when Chase Burns is on. But yesterday, that was a completely different pitcher than the one that we've seen the last month, month and a half, because you know, bullpen guys are, are typically, you know, a two-pitch mix, and starters, they're more of a starter because they they can throw multiple pitches consistently, land them for strikes, get outs on them, and he had all four pitches working with him yesterday. Uh, the fastball wasn't, you know, 101, 102 consistently. He, he got up to 101 once, I, I know I saw, uh, but the fastball was still playing up, still looked good. Uh, the slider looked good, as it always does, but that Stanford lineup is ridiculous. They hit for power, they hit for average, and he was kind of able to keep them in check because he found his changeup and his curveball, and the way he did it was really, really cool. If you're watching, you saw him talking to Seth Halverson in the dugout, and that's when I nerded out after the game, and I would grabbed Seth Halverson, I would grabbed Kyle Stark, I'd grab Chase Burns off to the side and and was trying to talk to them about that moment or did talk to them about that moment. And I thought it's funny. Seth Alverson said he was kind of being just a little superstitious uh, because he was standing at the front of the rail at the beginning of the game in the dugout. And obviously, (laughs) Tennessee was losing and went down. Uh, So baseball players being weird, superstitious people that they are, he had kind of moved spots in the dugout And, and Tennessee started to do well. So he didn't move from that spot and it happened to be kind of near Chase Burns and and out of nowhere Chase Burns asked Seth Halverson for some tips on his changeup and how he grips it and how he releases it uh, because Chase said that he wanted to throw a lot of changeups against Stanford but in his warm-up pitches he wasn't getting the changeup down because changeups have that downward break. Uh, He wasn't able to get it down in his warm-up pitches so he was trying to Fix something on the fly. And Seth Alverson showed him his grip where he has uh three f- fingers on the seams okay. and then a- another finger on the bottom. And Burns took Alverson's changeup grip out there and ran with it and was really, really good the rest of the way with the changeup. So I, I was fascinated uh, by that. And then also, Chase Burns throws his curveball 4% of the time. And out of nowhere, he flips up there. A filthy eighty three mile mile an hour breaking ball in the seventh or eighth inning. And I asked Kyle Stark like where that came from because again, he's predominantly fastball slider. And he said that in the seventh or eighth inning, Burns was shaking off of out all, all of the pitches that Stark was putting down <laughs> and he finally went to the curveball and he's like, Yeah, let's throw that. And he flipped it up there and it worked. And from that point on, it was just like filthy. Uh and, and when look, when Chase Burns has four pitches like that going. That's right like you can't hit him you cannot hit Chase Burns just like you saw yesterday afternoon and this is more of an off season question but if he can develop more into or back into a starter and he has that that changeup curveball to go along with the fastball and slider he will be the number 1 overall pick in the 2024 MLB draft
1: ooh, ooh. so you mentioned squeezing juice out of the lemon i prefer orange um for obvious reasons, but Chase Dolan, you you mentioned him, um, you know, getting getting bruised up a little bit early in the game, and you addressed some of the comments out there. I'm assuming that you wanted to, those folks wanted to get him out a lot earlier, and you were like, "No, you don't want to go to your bullpen too early because you can burn out that depth." even though it is a uh, do-or-die game here for for Tennessee, elimination game. But I thought about the Super Regional game against Southern Miss where Tennessee was down four runs. Uh, Southern Miss scored four runs in the third inning, and Tennessee came back in the fourth, scored six, but you allowed Chase... Dolander to kind of make his way through that rough patch, and sometimes you have to let players do that. Football, maybe it's a quarterback that is a little out of control, start the game throwing high passes, or even an interception. Or basketball, you know, guys missing shots early. Then sometimes you got to let that player work through their little slump or work through their little rough patch, and it worked for Chase Dolander against Southern Miss. Um, he's earned that right to be able to get that opportunity, but that's why you have teammates, man. That's, that's why you have really good players around you because you're not going to be on every day. Like human beings. We're not on every single day. We don't have perfect days every single day. Every day is different. And so when it's not your day, that's why it's great to have a community. It's great to have a circle. People that can pick you up when you're not having a great day and, 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 in this example, Chase had Jordan, <laughs> and the bats came ready to play because Tennessee got over ten hits. And uh, man, it was just good. it was cool to see, man. It was so so cool to see. So happy for these players, this program, and I feel like we're in a really, 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 really good spot now, Ben. Uh, as we get ready to face face LSU, and we come back from break, man let's let's break down that matchup between Tennessee and LSU, the advantages that Tennessee may have now that Tennessee didn't have two days ago, two, three days ago when Tennessee played uh, LSU on Saturday and watching the game, it it felt hopeless as a Tennessee fan watching um, our chances versus LSU. But it feels a whole lot different uh, right now for, for Tennessee. Ben McKee is live there in Omaha, whispering and whatnot. Hey, 865 255. i not
0: whispering. I'm uh, making uh, all sorts of noise. Uh, I'm, I'm in the hotel lobby. I'm in some cubby, and I'm letting everybody know what I'm talking about.
1: Oh, I love it. I was wondering what kind of backgrounds there. I was like, man, what is that? The Looney Tunes background?
0: Yeah, they've got some uh, cool little cubbies tucked off to the side that I that I found myself in. But <laughs> hey, I, I love the Looney Tunes, so I'll take the Looney Tunes bin. Uh, and, and I am a little... Uh, cuckoo in, in the head, yeah, right. cocoa puffs. So you're right about that. Uh, it, 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 it's it's fitting.
1: All right, we'll take a brief timeout. LSU, Tennessee. Woo! Quick turnaround for Tennessee in position to capitalize. We'll discuss when we come back. It's my event fueled by that and barbecue.
0: The Swain Event is brought to you by Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant, Dead End Barbecue. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com.
1: Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the a.m. and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low-T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low-T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self inject at home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a low T center or you need the convenience of an at home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to lowtcenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's healthcare. All right, Swain Event and Fueled by Dan and Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant uh, in America. And we missed you a couple days ago, Ben. We missed you. You're probably going to be mad when I tell you this, but I mean, you, you probably won't be. You're you, you going to be all right. You're a big boy. You're busy anyways, but you know the Chris Lofton documentary will be dropping at the beginning of the year during ba- a basketball season on uh S C network as part of the SEC story series and um there's been a lot of filming going on. I did my part a couple weeks ago and uh Chris came into Knoxville to do some of his part uh around the basketball arena and there on the floor and um he's like let's go dead end barbecue So Chris Lofton, myself Chris Lowe, went to dead in barbecue um uh, Couple days ago, man. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm sorry, Ben. You were busy, man. You were busy. Somebody had to go.
0: No, it, it it's all good. I know. Uh, you know, you're you're the the Knoxville Steve Harvey. Uh, Chris Lowe is hanging out with Dabo and and Nick Saban at children's football camps, and and you know Hollywood in his in his own rights. Uh, he, I guess he's the white Steve Harvey of of Knoxville. If if, if you're the Steve Harvey of Knoxville, uh, and and then Chris Lofton's the the greatest uh, college basketball player of all time. Yeah, I said it. Chris Lofton, the goat. So I mean, you know, there's tiers of celebrities, and I, I'm far away from a celebrity status, and I'm far away from that tier of three. So I mean, I, I, I that's that's not my group. That that's not the guys that I need to be hanging with. Uh, it, it's kind of like. Uh, and an ugly fella hanging around good looking dudes. You, you, you can't, you, you got to separate yourself if, no, if you want to find the honey. So,
1: yeah, you're right about that. Um, you got to find your however, it's what biggie smalls will say. Uh, all right, let's get to the phones right quick. LSU, Tennessee, matchup. I'm looking forward to this one. I feel a whole lot better about this one than I did on Saturday, but let's get to the phones first, and uh, let's see who we have here with us this morning. Uh, good morning. Who we have with us?
2: Hey, it's me. What's up, Turkey it's Man? Me. Hey, buddy. Hey, I'm going to ask a couple questions real fast and get off. Uh, first of all,
1: uh, I want to
2: say how proud I am that the small ball game showed up for our Vols. Uh I enjoy the long ball, but I enjoy – uh, putting the ball in play and making the defense have to work at it. And uh, that's more frustrating than anything when, when you get 10, 12 hits like they did. And I was excited to see that. Also, I was going to ask uh, about the uh, pitching. Uh, uh, who who uh, will we use tonight, uh, one through three, if uh, we have to go three deep? Ben, in your opinion? And who will we face from LSU 1-3 if, if that has to happen to them? And I'm going to get out. And why aren't we wearing that white jersey, that white uniform? I don't know about that. I'll let you go, guys. I'll listen. What
1: white uniform?
2: I, I,
0: I guess the, the home uniform or, or the cream uniform. Well, Tennessee's been the road team these first two games, so. Uh, that is the answer to that question. And, again, we have talked about baseball players being superstitious early or a little stitious. Um, Tony Vitello is, is going to stick to what's working. That's why you saw them wear black three straight games uh, in, in Clemson, and what? he only switched it up uh, when they lost to Southern Miss in game one in, in Hattiesburg. So they're the home team tonight. Maybe we'll see them in, in white. I oh, think great. they should be wearing orange at the world series
1: cream. I got my cream jersey on.
0: It is drew beam day. It That's is right. Drew Beam day. And, uh, he, he typically pitches in, in the cream unis, especially when he pitches at home. So, uh, it'll be drew beam Turkey, man. And and then I imagine it'll be some form of, of Camden Sewell and, and Seth Alverson. I, I think the, those are your, your top bullets in the chamber. Uh, after Drew Beam, and uh, I mean, you have some others that can chip in as well, and Aaron Combs, who, who's looked really good in his last two appearances, uh, coming in and and more of a, a matchup guy of late, but against Southern Miss and against LSU the other night, comes in and, and gets a strikeout in, in a big situation. Uh, so you've got him as well in, in the chamber. Uh, you've got A.J. Russell, the, the freshman who got some outs against LSU, LSU on Saturday. You, you've got – you're in a really good position. Kirby can come in and get you an out if, if need be. I am sure I'm forgetting somebody else's as well. Tennessee just has a ridiculous amount of a pitching depth. Uh but I mean the the main guys are, are Drew Beam, Camden Sewell and, and Seth Alverson. I, I think in an ideal world, Beam gives you five, six really strong innings. Halverson comes in gives you a strong inning or two and and then you let Camden Sewell close it out and, and send you to the final four, essentially, because if if you win tonight, uh it'll be Tennessee, Wake Forest, and then Oral Robertson TCU. They are playing early today uh, and, and the loser of of that game goes home and the winner faces Florida. So uh playing the play in the final four in a sense uh this this evening, which is really, really cool. But it'll be Drew Beam, Seth Halverson and, and Camden Sewell, I would think, in, in some capacity.
1: Tennessee versus LSU this year is taking three L's. Once in the World Series, Tennessee was able to beat LSU uh, once earlier in the season at LSU by by seven runs. And um, you look at LSU's matchup versus uh, Wake Fours and, and LSU really used some some arms. Uh, Paul Skeens uh, threw a hundred and twenty three pitches versus versus us, so don't. Look like we're gonna see him, but I know Tennessee fans uh, have this this complex this um, batter ball syndrome, so you kind of expect to see him and, and, and he's not pitching today. And see him come out there and pitch like he did the other day, but he's not pitching. Zero percent chance. Yeah, he's not. He's Zero, not pitching. Zero percent chance. He's not pitching today. But uh, Thatcher Heard pitch against Wake Forest. And he's a guy that has been in uh, their rotation, and so LSU when you compare their arms versus Tennessee arms being Tennessee has the advantage, right?
0: A big advantage. Absolutely huge advantage.
1: Um,
0: you know, LSU's pitching staff has, has been a question mark all season because Paul Skeens can only pitch one game of the weekend. And, uh, that guy is about to be the, the, the number one, number two pick in the draft and is about to be a, a very, very wealthy man, even more of a, a wealthy man than he already is. Um, but you know they've had question marks all year long coming into the season. You, you kind of heard about that. You heard UCLA transfer uh, and, and Ty Floyd, and it's been a roller coaster for those guys. Very similar to how it's been a roller coaster for Chase Burns and and Chase Stolander this season. Uh, but even they've had more struggles than than Tennessee's chases. And those are kind of the the top three guys. It's kind of Paul Skeens and. And then those two, Floyd and, and Heard, at least that's how it was kind of discussed prior to the season, and, and they've had a couple of injuries uh, as well, uh, and they've had a couple of, of nice bullpen arms that have emerged, not a lot, like Tennessee, but like two or three, and I'll, I'll mention their names here in just a second, but just generically speaking, LSU's three best bullets ha- have been fired uh, because they... They kind of went all out to to win uh, last night against Wake Forest, which makes sense because if you win that game, mm-hmm. then you're in the winner's bracket. You have to beat Wake or Tennessee once. You have to day off like you would have been sitting pretty. Uh, but Paul Skeens, zero chance he pitches today. Uh, and for some reason, there's these rumors going around that there's a, a pitch count rule in college baseball. There, there's no pitch count rule in college baseball. Gotcha. Uh, we, we just saw Quinn Matthews throw 156 pitches and and pitch <laughs> the, the next weekend. Obviously, there's no pitch count rule, um, but you know Paul Skeens threw 97 pitches, or, or sorry, that's LSU Wake Forest. Paul Skeens threw 120 pitches, I believe it was against Tennessee the other night. 123. Yeah, he would probably come back and and pitch Thursday if LSU makes it to Thursday. But I I assure you, with as much money as that arm is is valuable. LSU is not putting him in in a position to to potentially get hurt. LSU would never hear the end of it if Paul Skeens ran out there today on two days rest after throwing 123 pitches and got hurt. That that would be horrible uh, recruiting wise for for Jay Johnson. So there's a zero percent chance. There's a better chance that I pitch for for LSU tonight uh, than than Paul Skeens, which I could probably get my change up over the middle of the plate, but. uh Jared Dickey's also probably hammering it into the bullpen if I can get it over uh, the plate. So, you know, Paul Skeens isn't pitching today. uh, And then they used Ty Floyd and and Thatcher Hurd last night. Ty Floyd threw 97 pitches, Thatcher Hurd threw 65 pitches. Those two guys are are not going to be available. And so it really boils down to a a couple of uh, bullpen arms for them. I, I think Riley Cooper will probably start. Uh, that that seemed to be the thought by one of the LSU writers in the press box last, last night. Uh, and, and Riley Cooper's had a, an up-and-down season, but he, he's a pretty talented arm who just hasn't been consistent. He's the one that closed out the game, the, the bigger guy uh, that closed out the game against Tennessee on Saturday night uh, through 22 pitches. Uh, so Tennessee will see him at some point, whether it's to start the game or later on uh Gavin Gidry, who Hunter Ensley hit the home runoff of the other night. Uh he's been been really, really good as a, a freshman this season for LSU. Uh and, and they got some some other guys uh like the Herring kid but and Atkenhauser has come in and, and pitched here and there. But I mean that's kinda their, their three or our four best arms out of the bullpen and like to compare it to, to Tennessee's bullpen like and those arms that I just mentioned are good, Swain. I'm not saying they're not good. Yeah, but they would, they they wouldn't be getting a ton of innings for for Tennessee. They'd, they'd be behind Halverson, Sewell, and Burns, and and Combs probably, or maybe right there next to Combs. Uh, so you know LSU's lineup is is going to be really really hard to tame. Jarebim, Camden Sewell, Seth Halverson, Tennessee's pitching staff has its work cut up cut out for them, but I mean it would be very very disappointing in my opinion if Tennessee's offense is not able to take advantage of LSU's pitching situation. Mm-hmm. I think they are primed for success. Tennessee's offense is and as long as LSU's offense doesn't just go absolutely berserk and have like an all-time night, I I I feel really good about Tennessee's chances tonight.
1: Let me ask you this, Ben, you have you ever pitched in in high school? yes how many pitches would you say was the most you've thrown uh, 80 90
0: 100
1: how long does it take you to recover
0: uh well I was a high school scrub and uh, well, I mean I had the sports medicine that these 80. guys have
1: still throwing 80 pitches and I understand that the recovery time is probably quicker for those for these guys because like you just mentioned the the, the resources but
0: um, a couple days for sure. Okay. Typically, like ideally, it's it's a five day recovery. Uh, and, and that's for major league pitchers as well. Uh, you, you think about it. I mean, Drew Beam's pitching game three of every weekend. So that's Saturday or Sunday every, every week. So he's pitching once a week. So even he is not coming back on five days rest he, he could but that's just obviously not how the college baseball schedule works uh and, and everybody's kind of different but typically you'd like to get them at this point in the season in the tournament you'd like them to have a starter that is four or five days rest if you could swing it um you're not bringing a guy back on on two days rest that started like a paul Skeens, uh and probably not bringing them back on on Three days rest. And if you do bring them back on three days rest, like Chase Dolander, he could come back on Thursday and pitch, which that would be technically two days rest, but he also threw 58 pitches. Yeah. So, and if Chase were to come back and like start on Thursday, he's not coming back and throwing 100 pitches. Just a um, little bit. He, he's right. He'd probably throw about 60 pitches again. So every guy's different. As Will Heff, Will Hefflin and I were actually talking about this. Uh, On uh, the Diamond Vols podcast last night which is posted as well And what Swain and I wrap up here in about 30 minutes or so would encourage you to go uh, listen to that Uh, talking about nerding out over baseball earlier Will and I nerded out over pitching strategies and all sorts of different things last night uh, in the middle of the night uh, and we were kind of discussing arm recovery and and I was asking him because obviously he went through it Mm -hmm. as a college pitcher and and I kind of was messing with him uh, because he 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 sat low 90s upper 80s and and I I was messing with him like his arm doesn't doesn't recover or need the recovery time that a a Chase Dolander or Paul Skeens does but he reminded me quickly uh, that the the effort used to throw his 91 mile per hour fastball is is the same effort uh, that Chase Burns and Paul Skeens are, are using to throw their 101 mile an hour fastball so Couple days rest for for sure. Every guy's different and the roles in which they play and pitch in uh dictate rest and, and recovery time, but you certainly want to be smart and, and I've talked about it for years. Like Tony Vitello is always going to value the pitching prospect and a kid's future over maybe what's best for Tennessee. Like he he's not gonna put a a young young man's arm, especially somebody who has the potential to earn a lot of money and and pitch for a very very long time professionally. Yeah, he he's not going to sacrifice that for for Tennessee's sake, which uh, is is unfortunate for Tennessee, but also the the right move. And, and why so many pitchers have have trusted Frank Anderson and Tony Vitello is because they know that they're 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 going to take care of them for, from a physicality standpoint and and not abuse their arm like you see some of these college coaches do every single off season. Or, um, every single postseason,
1: man. Let me let me give some love to a, a gentleman that you know, Will Heflin. You mentioned Will Heflin, former Tennessee pitcher. You guys have been doing a great job on the Diamond Vols podcast, and uh, we've had him on Josh and Swain uh, a couple times. And and you know, him and I were texting back and forth um, even late last night, texting back and forth. Man, he's so fired up. Uh, it's it's really cool to see, but beef. For the super regionals, he pointed at Maui Ahuna as being someone that's gonna that's gonna break through, and he has definitely broke through here at the College World Series on the biggest stage. This is why he transferred from Kansas to Tennessee to play on a bigger stage. Same way, you know, Paul Skeens. I saw his interview um, there during the game. It was it was awkward, but it, anyways, uh, for Maui transferred from Kansas to Tennessee, like. Playing on the big stage, this is why you. This is why you come to the SEC. And Maui's had an up and down uh, year, but dude, he has he has been on it. Three hits versus Stanford had a hit against LSU, um, and timely hit. So he's seen the ball well. It looks like Ben.
0: Oh, he absolutely is. And and Maui Ahuna is a decisive topic uh, amongst Tennessee fans. And I really try not to talk down to people. I, I really try not to. Swain knows me. I, I don't do that. But I don't know what to tell you. It's the Josiah Jordan James conversation all over again. Mm. If if you think Maui Ahuna is a bad baseball player and should not be in the lineup, then I don't know what you're watching. Like, you – you, you've lost your mind, quite frankly. Maui Ahuna is playing really, really good baseball right now, and he's been playing really good baseball for the last month, month and a half. Does he strike out too much? Yes, absolutely. He strikes out far too much. He has a lot of swing and miss in his swing, and if he wants to sustain a career at the next level, that's something that he is going to have to work on. But just because he strikes out a ton, doesn't mean that he's still not being productive and yes again the strikeouts are an issue but it seems like he's playing worse than it actually is because he's actually not getting out any more than the rest of his teammates I mean outside of, of Christian Moore and and Jared Dickey I mean he's getting on bases as much as those guys it just doesn't seem like it because when Maui does get out he's striking out yeah like Christian Moore and Jared Dickey, like Christian Moore, he was 0 for 4 yesterday, pop-up, ground ball, things of that nature. It, it's not a strikeout every time like it is Maui most of the time. And again, he's got to correct that issue for him if he wants to have a, a successful, sustainable career at the next level. But he's drawing a lot of walks. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, and, and I'd love to to compile the numbers at some point the last month, month and a half, to, to close out the season. But his on-base percentage is high. He's he's getting on base with walks. He's seeing a lot of pitches. He's getting hits. He's had timely hits in the Clemson Regional, in Hattiesburg. He had the home run the opposite way to give Tennessee an insurance run. Uh, he's the one that produced, with the help of Christian Scott, produced Tennessee's first run off of Paul Skeens and, and kind of helped spark that eighth inning, after Christian Scott doubled, Maui Ahuna singles back up the middle. He has a three-hit game yesterday. I mean, he he became just the, the second Tennessee leadoff hitter to have three hits in a college World Series game. Tennessee's played in 20 college World Series, and he and Chris Burke, a guy named Chris Burke, who's, Chris Burke, who's kind good at, Yeah, I, I think that guy's uh, pretty good at, at baseball. Him and Maui are, are the only two Vols to have three hits as a leadoff hitter in a College World Series game. And I just spent the last three or so minutes talking about what he's doing offensively. He's been a vacuum defensively yep. on the other side. Uh, and he's had some some terrific base running moments as well, scoring from first in the Clemson Regional and the Hunter Inslee Double to give Tennessee the lead in the 14th inning against Clemson. He got thrown out at the plate uh, last night in, or yesterday afternoon in, in that first inning. Um, but you and I were texting. and
1: <laughs> man, I, I, it was that, funny, that, man. Like
0: it, it was, funny. in the moment was, I was, I was like, it wasn't funny, but it was funny.
1: Yeah. Like, like it's funny now, but like in the moment I was like, dude, the catcher caught the ball. we was just waiting on you. Like, really, Re- really, Re- I mean, you're not going to make me try to tag you down low. Uh, Really? Do you try to tag up on this? And I was like, Ben, what, what is going on? And uh, we had a nice conversation about it. but I, I thought it was hilarious uh, yesterday after the game. But during the game, I was like, come on, man. What are we doing out here? Yeah,
0: yeah that was unfortunate. And to me, in my opinion, and I, I probably need to go back and watch this aspect of the replay. I, I've seen the throw and, and also shout out to Alberto Rios for, for Stanford that left fielder, I was as impressed with him yesterday as any player I've seen all season. I mean, what he does at the plate and then what he does in the field w- with his arm out in left field, he he was just ultra impressive. But uh, I, I'd like to go back and see kind of what Maui Ahuna w- was looking at because you're taught to to listen to your third base coach in mm-hmm. those situations. You, you're taught not to to turn around and – and look for the ball, maybe you, maybe you, you do slightly, but you're mostly listening for your third base coach to, to tell you when to tack up, when his, when the ball hits the mitt of, of the outfielder. Mm-hmm. And honestly off the bat, I, I thought it was deep enough to, to drive him in. I was stunned that the, the the pop-up ended up being so shallow uh, because the wind was bringing it back in and then at that point the momentum of the left fielder was going towards home plate I think Josh Elander would agree with this like he he probably should have recognized in the moment that that it ended up being shallow shallower than than it probably looked like it was going to be off the bat and probably should have held up Maui uh there especially knowing the arm that Rios has in in left field uh but to me that that was not as on Maui, as as maybe social media wanted it to be, but my overall point, Swain, is like, if if you think Maui Ahuna yeah. is is a liability, then then I don't know what to tell you. And is, is he a traditional leadoff hitter? No, but Tennessee also doesn't have a traditional leadoff hitter on its on its lineup. Maybe Hunter Insley or or Christian Scott could be, uh, but at this point, you you, you don't really want to mess with them, in, in my opinion. But Maui Ahuna is playing great baseball, and and, and people who are our fans of the team that the kid plays for need to start recognizing that and giving him the respect that he deserves instead of trying to throw him under the bus every opportunity that they get.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing that um, that that goes on. But I want to make sure that that Mal gets some of them flowers, man, because because he has bounced back and he's playing some some damn good baseball right now. So uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna point out the bad, you gotta point out the good. Uh, when the good is happening right there in front of you, and it is for, for Maui. Uh, Tennessee football, right quick, and then we got to bounce back to, to baseball because, I mean, hey, they're the team right now chasing a championship, that's it's close. Tennessee gets a win versus LSU. You said it. Tennessee's in the final four of college baseball, and that's very, very significant, but uh, for, for Tennessee football, Boo Carter. Commits to Tennessee. Boo Carter, number one player in Tennessee. Tennessee able to seal the deal with him, getting his commitment Saturday. Does it mean that it's over? No, it's never never over. There's players on your team right now. You still got to recruit to keep them on campus. So uh, it's not over, but we'll discuss Tennessee getting Boo Carter, then we will get back to Tennessee baseball. They take on LSU tonight. Ben McKee, you get enough sleep? You ready to go?
0: Uh, I did not get enough sleep last night. But awesome! Point today, I will be catching
1: a nap. That means you are ready to go. Ben McKee, Go balls 247, Jason Swain. I'm live from the Low T Center studio. Be right back.
0: Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have
1: to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain event app. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low-T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low-T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or you need the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to DeadEndBBQ.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're an everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at morris 865 at gmail.com. Go Vols!
0: Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube.
1: Let's go. Swain event, Fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant. Ben McKee, Govoss247. I'm live from the Low T Center Studio. Weather there in Omaha, it's beautiful. From the television, it's been beautiful here, except for uh, the last couple of hours with, with thunderstorms. But, temperatures are coming back. The high temperatures are coming back. And this is the time if you, homeowner, if you know you need a replacement on your HVAC unit, this is the time to do it because Hiller awesome promotion going on right now. Do not wait until your air conditioning unit breaks down. You get a free UV light and free electronic air cleaner when you buy select new HVAC systems here at Hiller, also whole home water water filtration is just fifty nine dollars a month. For one thirty nine dollars a month, new whole home generator. Make sure you call Hiller's Heatwave Heroes to save the day. Call them to book. Hiller's work is back by their Happy You'll Be or Service is Free guarantee. Hiller offers. Real-time online booking. Select the appointment time that works for you. Get instant confirmation. I had Hiller buy the house two weeks ago. Making sure my AC unit, HVAC unit was ready to go. This is going to be hot this summer. More details, visit my friends online, happyhiller.com. Ben McKee. Tennessee finally gets the commitment of Boo Carter. He made this announcement on Saturday. They're in New York City. Um, Ben, on Friday, I was doing a show, Sports Animal, Joshua Swain, and Kevin Simon was with me, former Tennessee linebacker, and I peeped a little bit of game here. I saw where a Michigan target on Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, had announced that he was going to make his announcement, on Friday. And he was going to do it in LA. And this is a Marion Stewart. And I was like, wait a minute. So, Boo Carter has announced for a long time that he was going to make his announcement on Saturday and do his in New York City. Boo Carter went to Michigan for an uh, official visit. A lot of Tennessee fans are kind of freaking out. Then Boo comes to Knoxville immediately after the Michigan visit, leading up to the Saturday announcement, and I was like, huh. Okay. I think Tennessee's in a good spot. But I noticed that this athlete around the you know Chicago area, Illinois area, had four schools in his final four that he was going to choose from when he makes his announcement a day before Boo Carter. Michigan was obviously one of those schools, but Tennessee was another one of those schools. I was like, wait a minute, man. Tennessee ain't even recruiting this young man. They're not even recruiting this young man. Oh, I see what it is. And, and Ben, you remember during the Bush Jones time when a lot of the recruiting was, was done with perception in mind. You want your fans to believe that something is going on in recruiting, that, that recruiting is on fire. And when Tennessee maybe lost out on a player – Word started to travel like, yeah, well, Tennessee kind of backed off. Tennessee's the one that backed off. It wasn't the it other way around. Well, I look at Michigan getting a commitment from a Marion Stewart a day before Boo Carter was done. And this is my p- opinion here to calm down the Michigan fans that were probably going to freak out once Boo Carter picked Tennessee. And that's what happened. They picked him on. B, uh, Boo Carter picked Tennessee on Saturday. But, uh This is a big old gift for Tennessee in state. He's at, He's in Cleveland, Tennessee, in Chattanooga area. Uh, he's at Bradley Central, but the dude is the dude is phenomenal, man. This is a big gift for Tennessee. Ben,
0: it is, and that's a recruitment that had plenty of of curveballs. We've been talking about curveballs uh, all morning long, and and Boo Carter's uh, recruitment certainly had plenty of them uh, for for Tennessee's coaching staff. and And before I give my thoughts on. Carter, since I I did mention curveballs, I I will say that uh, Jennifer Morris wanted me to pass along that she may not throw curveballs in real estate, but she will body bump someone to get any client to the closing table and to the finish line. So if you're in the the Knoxville area and and looking for a new home or new anything in the real estate market, be sure to reach out to Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty. She will certainly get the job done for you, just like Tony Vitello will chest bumping umpires, uh, but yeah, Boo Carter's a, a a really nice pickup for for Tennessee, and and I know we always kind of joke about good get, good get, good get, but Boo Carter is really a good get for Tennessee, and and a, a commitment that Tennessee should absolutely land. He's right down the road, um, you know the fact that Michigan had as as had as much confidence as they did, given the fact that he's only an hour hour and a half from from Knoxville, I I thought was interesting, um, and, and Boo Carter loved the recruiting game. Does love the recruiting game? Uh, was was feeling Dion in Colorado there for a minute in the spring, and uh, there, there's been Michigan, there, there's been other schools, but at, at the end of the day, it's a it's a nice pickup for Tennessee because the kid is just a freakish athlete. I mean, just an absolute playmaker uh, on both sides of the ball. Seems like a lot of schools uh, were recruiting him to to play on offense, uh, whether it be running back or a uh, receiver, but seems like Tennessee wants him. Uh, as a defensive back and uh, to me it doesn't really matter which side of the ball he is on He he's just a, a natural born playmaker and a good football player and Tennessee needs more of those type of, of guys if it's going to get over the hump and and win a championship so yeah he's he's down the road but still a, a nice commitment to to kind of put up the wall and and put the lock on on him with him being down the road and, and not allow him to get out of the state of Tennessee and, and beat out some some good schools for him because the kid is a, a really, really talented, natural playmaker. And again, Tennessee needs more of those guys.
1: Tennessee, locking down Boo Carter, in-state player. He made his commitment known on the 17th on Saturday. So Tennessee continues to to recruit well. I did see where Florida uh, brought in a five star. I got a commitment from a five, five star, but I'm sorry. Uh, I need to see a little bit more from Florida before I even blink an eye um, at what they're doing. But Tennessee right now, overall ranked according to uh, two four seven Sports, is at is at thirteen, and, and Tennessee is in for a lot of really really good players. Um, after that, eight six five lobby think Tennessee.
0: Event. And I think Tennessee will continue to have a nice week on the recruiting trail, as well, following the commitment of Boo
1: Carter. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. I had a nice weekend this past weekend too, um, so we'll keep an eye out there with Tennessee football recruiting. But back, back to baseball, back to Tennessee baseball. LSU um, tonight, man, Jared Dickey, dude, dude, it
0: is so fun to watch him hit right now. He he's a professional hitter playing college baseball. I mean, he he really is.
1: So, so we watched a professional pitcher pitching in Paul Skeens, but now but, but we're watching a professional hitter playing college baseball in Jared Dickey.
0: Yes, and keeping with the theme of of nerding out with kind of what Tennessee is doing on the baseball field. I mean, what, what Jared Dickey has done the last couple of weeks it isn't really hitting for power in terms of. Hitting home runs, or, or even really tallying extra base hits. I mean, he's had an extra base hit or two here and there, but the the clutch hits that he has had all throughout this tournament have been incredible. I mean, he's had three, four, five, you know, two run, two out singles back up the middle to to give the momentum back to Tennessee or or shift the momentum into Tennessee's favor, tie the game, make it a close game, give them the lead. And it's seen a ton of pitches and, and this at bat, that at bat, and, and pushing Tennessee over the edge. And it's really incredible to, to watch him hit and, and just be a professional up there. And, and you know he's a professional hitter because he's making adjustments mid-at bat. That That's when a hitter is really feeling it. When, when he can choke up with two strikes and, and get the barrel to the baseball and, and make something happen, that's when you know that he's he's playing well. So it, it's really fun to watch Jared Dickey hit right now.
1: You got a player to watch for, for today? Jared Dickey, <laughs> that's, that's him. I, I, He's I, him, I, right? I,
0: yes. Uh, Tennessee's offense should take advantage of LSU's pitching situation. I, I think it would be a massive disappointment if they cannot. And again, the guys that LSU tried out there, they they have a lot of natural talent. They just haven't quite pieced it together as a whole. But it, it's it's a situation that Tennessee should take advantage of in my in in my opinion and. Uh, I think Jared Dickey with the way he's swinging the bat is primed to do so. Uh, Christian Moore, Maui Ahuna, Hunter Inslee, uh so many of those guys. Zane Denton was awesome yesterday, kind of quietly uh, had a couple of singles, but they were big singles to kind of spark Tennessee. Uh, so I, I would be very disappointed if I'm a Tennessee fan, if Tennessee doesn't take advantage of LSU's pitching situation. Uh, but Swain, before we get out of here, I, I wanted to ask you earlier in the show, uh, before we started talking about some some other baseball topics, and you mentioned it right off the top of the bat mm-hmm. but just how important it it was for Tennessee to get a win in Omaha yeah it's not the ultimate goal but it's huge for this program to to check that box along the way to try and get to a championship series final that that's the next goal uh and then eventually win a a, a national championship i i don't think it's participation trophy ish to to recognize that no. finally getting a win in Omaha, uh, Tony Vitello's first ever uh, at Arkansas. He did not win a game in Omaha. They went 0 and 2 when he came with Arkansas. Uh, he was 0 and 2 in 2021. Lost to LSU the other night. Uh, so first win of the Tony Vitello era in Omaha, and also Tennessee's first in 22 years. It, it had been since 2001 that Tennessee won in Omaha. Chris Burke's team beat Miami, if I remember correctly. So, like that that was significant for the program in, in my opinion. Uh, because the the tone and the conversation from people outside of Knoxville would have been pretty loud about, Oh yeah, Tony Vitello can get to Omaha, but he can't win in Omaha. Mm -hmm. So to, to at least get one of them, I think was a very nice stepping stone. And I don't think that's at all trying to give anybody a participation trophy.
1: That's right. That's right. When you win, there's, you can throw the whole participation trophy stuff out when you win. Um, and there's always there's always a process. Like there's a process to win big. You don't go from zero to hero overnight. And I think people forget that. Like there's a process. The Denver Nuggets went through their process. They're they're world champions, but they lost in the conference finals. They lost uh, had some failures that help make them the team that they are to go out and win a championship this year. And so the 98 championship team, like they lost years before and they got closer. They, they took steps in the right direction and then they, and then they finally broke through. So there's, there's steps, man, there's steps. All right. Um, ball storm says blank LSU. Jeff, Jeff Moore said, this means you have to go to the grocery store and shop again if the balls are down today. He started a superstition. Um, I'm not planning on going back to the grocery store for a couple weeks because they put a dent in the pockets. What's Tennessee Vol? There's a reason Vol Twitter isn't getting paid the big bucks to coach. Tony V has done just fine. LC Vol, is there anything to the rumors of LSU tampering with Burns and offering him big NIL money? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Vol fan. Ben, do you know? No. Vol fan. LSU went all in on winning the game yesterday by throwing their two remaining best guys. The winner's bracket would have allowed them to use schemes again to win one or two. Now that they are in the loser's bracket, they would need to win three straight and only have schemes if they made it to the Thursday. Uh, 44 Vols. is uh Ben, is Zach Joyce available to pitch?
0: Yes, uh, Zach Joyce is available to pitch. Had, had that injury scare midway through the season, but uh, he's healthy from my understanding and is available. And that's a good point. Going back to that last message, Swain, last night Wake Forest beating LSU was a great thing for Tennessee uh, because exactly what the message said. You, you're probably not winning two straight against LSU because one of those games would involve Paul Skeens. You just want to avoid Paul Skeens at all costs and you're not going to face Paul Skeens. like You you have a pitcher perfect opportunity. I think Tennessee beats LSU today. I don't think Tennessee gets past LSU if they have to get past Paul Skeens again. Uh, And look, Wake Forest is going to be really, really difficult to get through these next two games if Tennessee wins tonight. They are so, so good in so many ways, but avoiding uh, Paul Skeens was was huge because I I think Tennessee beats LSU uh, uh tonight like I just said because if if they did face Paul Skeens I, I don't think that they're winning that game. And that that's nothing against Tennessee. It's just everything to do with Paul Skeens and how incredible he is.
1: All right, back to the text box. Fall fans are happy to get to face LSU's bullpen, but sometimes I think that can be harder. Our offense has been good at making adjustments to a pitcher the second or third time through the order. If you see a new pitcher every at-bat, you don't get a chance to adjust. Hope we can jump on them early and shake the LSU confidence.
0: And that that's a, a great point and a point that Will Heflin uh, made on the Diamond Balls podcast last night. Uh, now, I also threw the, the other aspect and the positive aspect of, of that for Tennessee – the good news is that this isn't Wake Forest and and you're facing them for the first time all season. And I know Tennessee and Wake Forest technically played an exhibition in the fall, but uh, this is the fifth game against LSU. They're not going to be throwing anybody that they haven't thrown or haven't seen all season. They're, they're going to see the guys that are on the mound for LSU, and there's going to be a familiarity to, to where they should know what to expect, and I think that will help them. As again, it's kind of Johnny Holstaff where LSU is going to piece it together and that can prevent at times offenses getting in, getting into rhythms. Mm -hmm. But I think for Tennessee, at least they've already seen the guys that will be throwing tonight. And again, LSU is going to have to rely on several guys to be on tonight. And it just takes one guy being off to to allow a big inning and and that change uh, the outcome in the course of the baseball game.
1: Vaughn Birmingham, does Maui have the ability to come back? He is a great defensive player. He just needs to improve some at the plate. So, uh, I, I, we know that the whole plan for him was like a one and done in basketball, was to get here and then go straight to the NBA. Uh, Maui heading, heading into this season, we felt like that was his goal one year here, then going to the majors, uh, or going pro. Do you see that still taking place or? possibility he can come back
0: he can come back eligibility wise but i'd be surprised if he is back i think i think he's drafted signed and playing pro baseball next
1: year ball girl in kentuckyville says it's so great to listen it's so great listening to you and Ben this morning both of you are such professionals and fun to listen to happy that you and ben can reconnect like this from time to time every tuesday and thursday eight to nine ish team money was Omaha? Oh, yeah. T Money wants to know about. I guess you dropping like it's hot with your backpack on. I don't think you're doing that right now.
0: No, that that is a end of season evening. If uh, Tennessee season comes to an end, th- those are the the evening festivities.
1: Swain and Vince, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee covering Tennessee baseball live from Omaha. Ben has been on the show the last three times. I want to say from three different states, and so we appreciate you, man, giving people what they want uh, at this time of the year. And uh, we will reconnect on Thursday, and hopefully, we are talking about Tennessee playing again.
0: Yes, I hope so. And you're right. I think the last three states have been. Uh, Alabama, New York, really four states because I was driving up to Nashville when we did last Tuesday's show and I was in Alabama and Tennessee in the midst of that show. So it's been four states Alabama, Tennessee, New York, and Nebraska. Hopefully I'll still be in Nebraska on Thursday when we reconvene.
1: I hope so, Tennessee, LSU. Let's go. Can they get the win? LSU so far this week or this year, they own the series. LSU, three wins, Tennessee with one, but this is the one that matters the most. 7 p.m. Tennessee, LSU. For Ben McKee of Go Vols 247, I'm Jason Swain. We hope you have a fabulous Tuesday. Peace and love. We are out.